0: Okay. Introduce yourself. To, oh, okay, you're one of us. Okay, you went to this. Oh, okay, just like that. Just right. something as simple as that can take you and open doors. And I, I have witnessed it. Mm-hmm. I have witnessed just walking. I walked with this person for two weeks, and they made something happen, which I had spent four years trying to make. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell you, like, there's, it just works. And if we're sitting here and we're trying to deny it okay but this right. is a system that is
1: in play welcome to the show i am your host anya fombat and i spark the heart conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the african community and i also share stories about growing up as africans in africa and in the diaspora i strongly believe That normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people, or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Living African. So today we will be talking about the importance of mentorship and I have here with me two of my mentors, my favorite mentors by the way, (laughs) and that is Dr. Sidoni Niba and Dr. Zara Hongle. So I just want to welcome both of you to the show. How are you guys doing today?
2: Doing great.
1: Doing well, excited. I know. I'm, I'm super excited. I've always looked forward to this conversation as well. And I really hope that the listeners can gain a lot of perspective and insight about the importance of mentorship. So let's just go straight to it. I'd like for you both to introduce yourselves. So I would love for you, Dr. Zara, to start.
0: So I was born and raised in Cameroon. Specifically, I yeah, one day till age 18 and moved to the U.S. Came over and uh, ha- went an undergrad at the University of Maryland, College Park, and then to pharmacy school at the Notre Dame University in Baltimore. I'm just going to keep that very short because it wasn't a straight path all, all the time, so it's, it's a story for another day. Went to Notre Dame for pharmacy school, graduated 2013, and worked retail as a floater for CVS pharmacy for about two years. And then I wasn't too happy with my job. So I tried to do something else and got into the public health service as an officer and moved over and worked at the reservation in the Indian reservation in Mascalara, New Mexico for about three years. I was a chief pharmacist and from there I moved back to the DC area and currently work at the FDA Primarily, I am a uniformed service public health officer. I, you, What I like doing, what, what gives me satisfaction, is just, I think, problem solving in, in all ways. Be it in the professional setting, let's say there is an issue in the pharmacy, and I would point back to my time at the reservation where you don't have a lot of resources. And yeah. that was one of the most rewarding experiences I've had just because I could plug in and find a solution that is relevant. It's just not busy work, but it's busy work that matters. So just having a solution to things and finding a workaround stuff and also just helping people to see that once I find that solution, it's something I enjoy, then I say, oh, okay, maybe someone else can benefit from this. That's that's what and if the person benefits from it. I, I am ecstatic. That really makes me happy, right. for lack of another word. So that's a short bio. I may say one or two things throughout the conversation that adds on to that. Well, right. yeah, that's
1: it. Thank you very much. And I can attest to that because I've definitely benefited from the relationship that we have. <laughs> yes. So, so Dr. Sidoni, can you please introduce yourself to the
3: guests? Sure. Well, thanks for the opportunity. Similarly to Zara, I am also from Cameroon, been in the U.S. as well, about 18 years. It's amazing how about half of my life has actually officially been spent in the U.S. And it's crazy. Right. You know, the time flies and you don't even know it. But I've been here. I came into the U.S. wanting to pursue a totally different career path than the one I landed on landed in, so I wanted to pursue accounting and information systems, but for reasons we can discuss later, I ended up in the nursing path. I graduated as an RN, and then I had promised my dad that I would go to pharmacy school, and so I ended up pursuing pre-pharmacy coursework sort of consecutively with nursing coursework, which was very tough, but I was fortunate enough to get into a pharmacy program At the University of Southern Nevada, now called Roseman University of Health Sciences, out in Henderson, Nevada, graduated with my PharmD in 2011. It was uh, very interesting times. I was a bit confused about what I wanted to do. I was very gung-ho in clinical pharmacy, so I landed a residency at Duke out in North Carolina. About a year into that, towards the end of my tenure there, I heard about, you know, academia. I jumped on it. It was very depressing at first because it was not the dream Uh, when I'm talking about money. When I say that, I had all these expectations of what I would be and what I would earn graduating from from pharmacy school. So I worked in academia within internal medicine for about two and a half years. And then, you know, I had just gotten married. Uh, We were talking about expanding our family. So I needed more flexibility. And so I heard about this job called MSL, medical science liaison. I
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, started to try my luck out. Initially, it was sort of, you know, haphazard through an application here and there. A little while into that, I realized I needed more structure.
2: Right. And
3: so I, I sought mentorship. And I think that was a game changer for me. I landed my first role as an MSL with a company called Lundbeck out of uh, Denmark. did that for a few years, then became a senior MSL, and then was fortunate enough again to uh, get a role as a lead, uh, director of MSLs. And then now I serve as a director of US field medical excellence, which sounds fancy, but it's basically <laughs> a role that allows me to set the strategy for our field medical team. And that includes our MSLs and our nurse educators. Um, I love it. Similar to Zara, I love problem solving. Right. I love bringing value. I think for me, that's, that's what gets me up in the morning, right, is being able to bring value wherever I am. I also have my big passion, which is being a career and life strategist, helping folks sort of achieve their goals, not just within a mentorship a domain, but more of a structured coaching program, because I think those are two very different things, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a bit about me. I'm married uh, with two <laughs> amazing girls. And I'm really excited to have this conversation because I think it's really important. So thanks for the opportunity.
1: Thank you so much. Both of you have very inspiring stories. And there's no doubt why you both are my mentors, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about, you know, our relationship and how we met, because I feel like that's very important to really highlight how both of you became people in my life that I looked up to. I mean, I could start you know some of us sometimes we both have different stories (laughs) about how we met or maybe different perspectives you know maybe i noticed you but you never noticed me and vice versa you know so (laughs) so yeah well for zara i uh huh (laughs) interesting well i've known you basically for most of my life you know we both went to school together you were a couple of classes ahead of me and you know You always treated me in a very special way in boarding school, especially, you know, like the senior students always had that tendency of being very mean to, you know, the junior Mm -hmm. students. But I never really had that from you. But aside from that, anyways, our parents were very good friends. I mean, like our fathers are like brothers like they literally were raised together they grew up together in university they were roommates all through my dad actually you know was kind of a mentor to your uncle <laughs> Dr. Martin Quende and he stayed with you know your other uncle your older uncle his older brother and my my dad they were like his big brothers and mentors as well and we both were named after your grandma who passed unfortunately that's the Anyo. That's where the Anyo name came about. Yeah. So that's how close our families are. And they're still close till now. I mean, your dad is like a brother, too. Funny enough, my mom is actually closer to your dad. <laughs> I mean, to your <laughs> uncle, Dr. Quende, yeah. than even my dad. And actually, they were both best friends growing up. So and it's it's uh it's very interesting, you know how the kids also grow up to be that close, and my relationship with you is one of the relationships that I have always cherished because it's like you don't speak a lot, even though sometimes you speak a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't speak a lot, but I feel like we have so much in common, and then we have uh, differences as well. We're both very stubborn. <laughs> I know that we are both extremely stubborn and, but it's like, when we're always on the phone, when we're always talking, it's like, you're always that one person who is there, you know, you're always present. It's like, we, when we start talking, we keep like two hours. I don't even have 30 minutes to talk to people, but when I'm on the phone with you, it's like, I know I have to like keep at least two hours, you know, to to just catch up. And I always feel way better than I leave. And I feel like that's the most important thing. And I hope I I make you feel that way as well, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because sometimes, you know, the the relationship could be one-sided, you know, and that's something we're going to be talking about later, especially the mentor mentee relationship. You know, you're not only my mentor, but like you're my big sister, you know, I mean, both of you actually. So (gasps) it's, it's one of those things that I really, really cherish. And I, I guess that's, I mean, our journeys, I'm loving it so far, honestly. So I don't know how you met me, but maybe the audience (laughs) would care to know.
0: (laughs) That's so sweet. Uh, Yeah. So I would concur. So I think we were in boarding school, we came to PSS and I think before that I didn't know you. Yeah. Um, The parents knew each other, but I didn't know you. My uncle was very close. But we grew up. You, I think, in Bamenda. Yeah. So was not. So when we came to boarding school, the first thing was, "Who's this with Anyo?" And I was like, "Where yeah. did he get the name from?" Because <laughs> it's my my grandmother. And then I heard the story. And I'm like, "Wow, this is this has to be a deep relationship for a friend, mm-hmm. right?" <laughs> to name his daughter after his friend's mother. Yeah. That is the deepest thing. So yeah. I'm like, this has to be, you know. So from there, we just, you know, I, I took you like you were my sister and treated you as such. But, you know, it's it's always this thing where, yeah, you do have uh, relationships you form when you're young, but mm-hmm. it doesn't still need some fostering yeah, um, as you get older because life happens, we get pulled in different directions, and mm-hmm. it has to be intentional on how you connect. And yeah. like you say, we just have our moments. We may not talk all the time, but when yeah. we talk, it's two hours catching up. And it's just like where we left off because yeah. we understand you know, our life pulls us apart. Um, we have to be intentional to come back and just feel, you yeah. know, feel connected. Mm-hmm. Just the work that we have to put in. You yeah. know, you went to pharmacy school. We'll talk about that. You know, there's a lot of things, a lot of different conversations. Yeah. And definitely you're very special to me. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, that doesn't come out often. That- <laughs> it yeah. doesn't. This is the first time so I'm hearing that, special. but I could we're feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes I we have to say it sometimes. I feel like acting it out yeah. is what I need right. to do, which I try to do in every relationship Yeah, you do. You definitely do. But saying it sometimes is something that we need to vocalize. And like you said, we, we talk about a lot of things, from career yeah. to personal life and everything else. Yeah. Uh, we invest in each other. We talk about issues, which we all have, and go back and forth. Yeah. Like you said, the most important thing, and what Sidonese said was I might bring a value to you and you bring a value to me. That's what keeps a relationship strong. Right. Um, so I appreciate it. And I am really happy for what you're putting together. I've listened to the podcast. <laughs> I may not do it every Wednesday, but I'm right. we, uh, <laughs> listening to it and, and you're doing, you're doing an uh, awesome job. Right. So, thank thank you. you.
1: Thank you so much. Another thing I wanted to add is that, you know, like we talk a lot about like life, a lot and it's really amazing because through the years we have like manifested a lot of things and we have seen them come to pass you know like those are those little special moments that we always share you know we're like okay this year you know this must happen or we have to do this and stuff like that and then we come to see them happen you know so that's I think one of our special things that we share which I really cherish now to Sidoni you know ha huh, interesting <laughs> It's amazing. I feel like our stories would probably be different because I knew you... I probably knew you way before you knew me, (laughs) but I guess, you know, fate just happens and we get to meet at the right time. You know? I mean, since how I first noticed you was I believe when you were getting married, I know there were pictures all over Uh Facebook and stuff like that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And we had so many friends in common, you know, we had a lot of, well, I, I, I thought, you know, you have friends at different stages in your life and I had a lot of big sisters, you know, that, they were your friends as well. So it was something that I knew of you, but I was just waiting for the right time. I really didn't know much about your, your background professionally per se, you know, but I always heard so many great things about you, like, oh my goodness, she's so sweet and stuff like that, you know, but of course I didn't want it to be awkward. Like, Hey, my name is this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just waiting for the right time, you know? So when I, I feel like when I really started taking my intention of, you know, being close to you serious was when it was amazing. Cause I was talking to my cousin, my cousin's wife, Coco in Dallas, and I was telling her about, you know, what I really wanted to transition into the pharma industry. And she's like, oh yeah, I have a friend, you know, And, you know, Sidonie, she, you know, I can introduce you to her. You know, she just also got, I feel like she has the same story as you do and stuff like that. So she kind of introduced me to you very lightly. I think it was a new year party that we went to, but I was just actually that same night I came back from Cameroon. So I was so jet lagged. I was so tired. I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I just said hi, but that was it, you know? And then I think I brought up the topic again. To her, you know, and then she was like, oh, you know, it would, be, it would be really nice for us to have a conversation. And I believe she sent me your number. Know, she what like, we exchanged numbers or so, if I'm not mistaken. And then we just had that rapport immediately. And then you invited me to your husband's 40th birthday, which was like the best birthday ever. And, you know, that's when we really connected. And I was like, you know, I remember, I think you were introducing me to someone in the, I remember we in the kitchen and you were like, oh, yeah, she's like my junior sister. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, if, it meant so much to me, you know. And I was like, like, well, I mean, that's how I looked at you as well. I looked at you as a big sister, you know, so for you to say that, you know, cause I didn't want to rush it. You know, I, I wanted to keep it slow. <laughs> I didn't want to rush the relationship, you know, but for you to say that it meant so much to me. It, it it just showed that you were very comfortable with my presence, you know. And that really meant a lot to me. And I was like, you know what, this is someone that I definitely can learn from. This is someone that I feel like I mean, of course, it's like I said, it's it's not only one way, but most of the time we choose people around us that higher than us in life that we can learn from and of course hopefully we also give something back to them you know in terms of maybe any form of appreciation or maybe we teach them silent lessons you know that you know so it's a give and take so our relationship has blossomed through the years and i really feel like you have been very very resourceful to me especially professionally I mean, with your coaching session, you're very, very generous to give me for free. Not many people had that privilege, you know? So, I mean, you've just made me feel special in every way. And I really appreciate you for that. And I'm not sure about your own story. Maybe you knew me way before, but I don't know. Not
0: free. Not free thing, please. (laughs)
3: Let's keep
0: it Seriously.
3: Right? No, no, no. That's, that's awesome, Jabs. I'm, I'm so um, inspired by you. I don't even think you know how, how much, but my stories, I didn't, I didn't know you or, or of you before that New Year's party. Right. Coco came to me just like, like you said, and she was like, oh, Jerry's cousin's right here. She just got back from, I think, was it Cameroon? Yeah, I came back from, um, well, it was Ethiopia. Well, like, but Okay, yeah. I think she said Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you were sitting at a table by yourself. You were really quiet and kind of, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. I'm like, cool <laughs> thing, you know? So, and and I, I was excited to meet you because Coco's a dear friend. And Jerry right. as well, right? So I came over, I think we... Hugged it out, and that was like, yeah. nice to meet you. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, poor thing, you know? And then Coco told me about your fashion, you know, what you did with fashion. Yeah, yeah. Know, right? Yeah. Professional dame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I go back home the next day, and I pull it up, and I'm like, why the hell does she need to get into pharma? Like that's literally what I was thinking is is freaking amazing. You know, I'm like, she doesn't need me. I need her. (laughs) But I was so impressed because I'm a stickler for just excellence. And I'm very attracted to excellence, which is why I immediately was drawn to you because I could see elements of just being someone who is detail oriented, just in the way you put out your stuff, right? right? It could be your images, your writing, and I love that, you know, that I'm a sucker for things like that. Like that's where you'll get me every time. Right. It's just someone who's very, very intentional about what they do, who brings value, right? You were bringing value to me. And I'm sure a lot of the other folks that followed the stuff that you were putting out. And then we just, you know, we talked, got to talking on the phone. And yeah. I'm like, okay, she is my person. <laughs> um, you're very transparent. I love your your love of life and you're very ambitious. I mean, I remember looking at your resume the first time you signed to me and I went, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, it's not very common or very often that you see folks, you know, at your age, right, with all the accomplishments that you've had. Um, and then when you guys, when you and Eugene came over, I was just like, she's just school. <laughs> um, so for me, I love that. I am I, so inspired by you. And I, I love where our relationship has grown. It's, it's still going. It's going to go more places, Right. But that's, that's my story and, and I'm happy. I'm definitely, you're my junior sister for sure. <laughs> Thank I was you. proud to say it and I, I will say it forever because <laughs> I, I really feel like you bring a lot of value into my life and, and I hope Aww. I do for you as well. And, and you're just a good person and, and at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? Is I believe a lot in energy. Right. And I think that our energies where they converged for a reason and, and I know we'll, we'll do some great things together.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you both so much for spoiling me with all the compliments. <laughs> well, you know, relationships like this, the relationships that I can spend all day talking about, you know, because sometimes we, like Zara said, you know, sometimes it's always good for us to tell each other, you know, like really expressing how much value we bring to each other and stuff like that. Cause sometimes I actually doubt for myself. I'm like, what do I really bring? <laughs> you know, I don't, I, Every time it's like, I feel like you guys pour so much into me and then I'm like, huh, what, what do I bring to the table? You know? So it's one of those moments that you have to really always ask yourself. And then when you hear what you bring, you know, it kind of feels a bit good and inspires you to even bring more, you know? So I believe that in life, nobody can get to the top alone, right? You always have someone helping you up. And that's really why I want us to really talk about this, because this idea of m- mentorship, because it's not common in our African community. Now, I would also think that you both had someone up to look up to, you know, who actually inspired you to be where you are today, as successful as you both are. It doesn't matter, if, even if it's a parent or someone who's not even in your field or someone who just coached you in life. So how has that mentorship actually impacted your life? Zara, you can go
2: ahead.
0: Yeah, that's that's true about mentorship not being a topic we dwell on in our community. For me, in my experience, I was lucky enough to have, I would say informally, Nelson Ackoldt, That's my mentor.
2: Yeah.
0: So when I decided to go to pharmacy school, he was already in pharmacy school and he was coaching me through it. Apply this and do that, you know, and he's a close friend and brother to me. So it was, it was easy to have someone already there, but you still have to seek because sometimes you can have people doing the same thing, but you're not seeking out that information or either they're not willing It has to be both sides. So he gave me some information where to apply, how to maximize my um, opportunities to get into pharmacy school. And also even during, when I got in, even during pharmacy school, we will still talk about, you know, going through the program. And then after pharmacy school, we will still talk about Mm -hmm. residency or no residency. Okay. I didn't get into a residency. Then we will still talk about, okay, what else do you want to do? And, it is big because when I decided to join PHS, he connected me to somebody who was in PHS, who was his classmate or school. He went, went to Howard. And through that, I got to meet people who were doing what I wanted to do and get more questions and, you know, and he just from there flourished. So, had I not been in that relationship with him, mm-hmm. I probably would have never met this other set of people to expand my network to word right and get that much information and uh, i mean it's it's mentorship is very important because at the end of the day we all have degrees we come up with families and you just need sometimes you just need that opportunity right and you know you can do it mm-hmm. i just need someone to believe that i can do something yeah and you just need to know how to get into that room and someone who has done it before can be an answer to it. Mm-hmm. So it is extremely important. Like you said, we are all succeeding based on standing on people's shoulders. Right. We do not get here by ourselves. Um, so I do believe in that. And once we get to whatever point it is, it might not be the apex of the mountain, but we have a duty to repay and right. pull people pull people up just like someone did. So
1: thank you very much for that.
3: What about you, Sidoni? That's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm gonna rephrase it. I think you were asking about how mentorship
1: has impacted yeah.
3: you. Yeah. I think everything I have, everything I've achieved thus far is really because I had mentors. And sometimes we we overthink mentorship. We yeah. think that it's it's gotta be someone that's, that has X, Y, Z qualities, right? I personally believe that in every major area of your life, you should have a mentor. The other thing that I think people tend to overthink is who your mentor should be. Right. Usually we think it should be someone we know. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, and we, we'll get into that. But I remember certain pieces and portions of my life, and it's interesting because they were, made, they were turning points for me. Mm-hmm. Where the only way I got through those w- was because I had a mentor. I um, mean, to me, that's kind of the imp- the impact that that mentors have had. And one example that I have is when I was applying for my first MSL job, it was extremely hard. And and mm-hmm. Jebby, you know this yeah, because we been through this together. And I remember interviewing with this guy, and he was a biologist, PhD, mm-hmm. and he was very tough. And he basically at the end of the interview. He told me, he said, you're not ready. He says, you Mm -hmm. need about two more years and then reapply. And I remember being broken. Mm -hmm. I'm talking teary-eyed. I got off the call and I was just bawling. Um, And my mentor at the time, she had put me in touch with this person to do the interview. Mm -hmm. And I guess she talked to him right after. And so she calls me and she's like, and it's, it was almost, I I remember where I was sitting. That's how impactful this conversation was. I was sitting on a couch upstairs And she calls me and she goes, deep breath. She goes, repeat after me. I am a rock star. And Hmm. she made me repeat that for three minutes. Hmm. And I got it. Yeah, that was. And that's how I she 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 poured back into me. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about I was done after that. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And that's how I really see mentorship in a nutshell is someone that can pick you up. When you're down, and it's very different from a coach. Um, yeah. a mentor is someone that I, I see mentorships as lifelong engagements, right? Yeah, coaching is sometimes situational. You need someone to get you through a certain project or an achievement in life. Mm-hmm. But a mentor is someone that really holds your hand and is able to, you know, keep you accountable and really pour into you when you're down and vice versa. You know, I feel like I get more from my mentees than they do for me. (laughs) They don't agree, but I, I could bet my paycheck on it. (laughs) So for me, you know, I I couldn't emphasize it enough. I do believe, you know, um, I have a bit different of an opinion about does it happen in our community? I think it does. Mm -hmm. I just think it happens in a haphazard fashion. Um, I think folks are not intentional about their mentors and, and, and that goes both ways. The mentors are not necessarily intentional. We sit in groups all the time.
2: Right. We have all
3: these Cameroonian groups that we are part of and really good things come out of it. Mm-hmm. But they're not intentional. They're just one offs. You know, you'll sit and say, oh, it's good to get into pharmacy school. And then what? You know, you right. should apply to this school. But we tend to have one off conversations. There's no continuity. Right. In those sessions, yeah. right? Yeah. You have them and then you move on and then you have them with someone else. And so what happens a lot of times is people get confused yeah. because they end up with a hundred different mentors informally, not even knowing, knowing that that's yeah. what they're doing. That's true. Um, and then there's obviously a lack of continuity with, with some of these. So I think it happens. I just think there's a lack of awareness about the impact. Mm-hmm. That those one of mentorship sessions are having on people's lives because it right. does change lives, but sometimes it's just not sustained.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very true. I mean, talking about you know the number of mentors that people end up having. You know, sometimes when, like you said, when it's not structured, you end up you know just being all over the place, being a do a servant of many masters <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, that brings me to my next question, which is probably there's, there's no, like, I, I would imagine there's no right or wrong answer, or there's no definite answer about how many types of mentors that, you know, someone should have. Now I was having a conversation with one of my friends who is my colleague and also kind of my mentor, cause I look up to, he, he's very inspirational. He inspires me a lot. And he, I mean, we, we went to the same pharmacy school and we've just kept in touch and we both in pharmacy school had this mentor who was our, um, he was a Dean, well, the assistant Dean and he really helped us. He really poured a lot into us. I mean, he was there. He was like a father to us, especially the international students back then. And it was always like, I believe he was like, you know, you, everyone should have a a mentor and a sponsor. So of course a mentor is self-explanatory from what we have spoken about, but that sponsor is that one person that if you not necessarily sponsoring you financially, but if you need like Letter of recommendation. That person will be there because sometimes your sponsor, your mentor, doesn't necessarily work in your in your field of you know expertise. But a sponsor is someone that really knows the professional side of you inside out, has worked with you, and or has taught you, or can speak good things about you, especially professionally. So it's always good to have at least one of want some, someone who, you know, can pour into you and then also have another person that, you know, <laughs> even though you don't communicate all the time, but that person is always willing to speak good of you in the room, you know? So I don't know what, you know, you guys think about, you know, the type of mentors. I look at it also as, you know, personal and professional mentors as well.
3: So Sydney, I would like for you to start. Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up the sponsorship conversation because I think there's three categories you have mentorship you have coaching and then you have sponsorship Mm -hmm. mentoring the way I view mentoring is someone who has knowledge and skills or value in a category that you're interested in growing in right Right. and they can then turn around and pour that into you so I think that there should be as many you should have as many mentors as you have areas you want to grow in right Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to grow professionally, you should have a professional mentor, ideally someone who has walked the path that you're trying to walk, right? Mm -hmm. And they're in a better place. They're in a a more, and I use the term senior loosely, not that they're in an executive position, Mm -hmm. but compared to where you're at, they've grown in a manner that they can then turn around and pour into you. Right. Uh, It could be married, marital or relationships, right? You can look at someone who's, it morphed into a success. What you perceive, because mm-hmm. sometimes these things can be neither here nor there. Yeah. To be successful, maybe relationships, maybe family. The way you see themselves carrying themselves within their family structure or within their marriage, that could be a ma- relationship count uh, a mentor for you. Mm-hmm. You can look at professionally, right? Someone who has grown in the career path that you have ambitions about. Mm-hmm. That could be a professional mentor. You could have a life mentor, mm-hmm. just someone who exudes the kind of energy and positive lifestyle that you may want to emulate. So I, I think folks need to, first of all, define the areas that they want to grow in. And I think sometimes that's the hardest part. Right. That I find being self-aware enough to know that I need to grow here and then going out and finding the people that can help you grow. They don't have to right. be people you know. They don't have to be in your circle. There's tons of people everywhere right. willing to pour into others. Yeah. Uh, so, so that is my my take on it, right, is as many as you have areas that you feel you need to grow in. And then obviously you, you talked about sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, that to me is... Extremely important for professional growth. Uh, You can have a mentor that has nothing to do with your your sponsor. Mm -hmm. Your sponsor is someone that will actually open doors for you. Right. That person will hold your hand and go introduce you to someone. Mentors can do it, but they don't have to. But a sponsor basically takes on... Your career growth, like they take, it's a responsibility of theirs right. to make you grow. Right. There's the, obviously similarities and and duplications amongst all three. Right. But th- that's my take on the mentorship as far as the, the number that um, I think is ideal. It, it's as many as you have areas to grow in. Right. The one thing I will say is, it's probably not a good idea to have more than one mentor in a particular area. Right. Just because sometimes that actually causes confusion confusion
1: yeah perspectives yeah. are different stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah that's very true i totally agree with you i mean and you know sometimes especially i, I, I won't even it to our African community but just in general you could meet different people that will have different impacts in your life and really inspire you but you know they're already your mentor and and you're already their mentee but like it's like they don't even realize like it's not even voiced out you know just that relationship it starts automatically and then you just discover that hey this is someone I look up to and stuff like that and I have a very you know I have I have just one sponsor I I would say I have just one sponsor who has really been there and he's actually like the director of the health economics program that i was in i mean doctor that's dr malo shout out to dr malo actually (laughs) he will i mean even till yesterday he was any job opportunity that he finds he emails me you know he connects me to anybody like he is just like team anyo and he really really inspires me to want to you know at least make him feel like everything that he Mm -hmm. does for me is worth it you know what i mean so it's very important that's fun and he's we don't talk all the time i mean we email for the most part we don't even talk on the phone for the most part but I know that he's always at one person who would write a recommendation letter who will you know it's been two years since I had that degree and we have still been keeping in touch and stuff like that and he he doesn't keep in touch with every other student like just a a select few so that really means a lot to me and I feel like I have benefited so much from him and you know it's very important to have that sponsor in your life as well so Zara what do you have to add with that especially based on your experience
0: I mean, I agree with what both of you have already alluded to. The mentorship, maybe most most of the time, informal yeah. because I feel like it's a very "Can you be my mentor?" <laughs> <laughs> right. It's worth it. It's just it, 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 like you said, it flows. It yeah, it's the natural. Flow yeah. The person. Yeah. So most of the time, it's it's not really voiced. Then it just happens. The relationship just grows into into that. Yeah but sometimes you seek them out. You seek them out. Like, uh, as a, as a, as a PHS officer, I'm coming in as a junior officer. There is a culture, there is, there are things, there are rules, mm. which you have to know them. And by knowing them, you have to, to, to find someone who is higher ranking, if you would, to guide you through the ropes. So at that point I've approached an admiral, I've at an AMRO and I'm just like, can you look over my resume? Yeah. You know, it's it's not always a very comfortable right situation. You like, you would think like, eh, right. this, is, this is a big <laughs> shot right here, but right. but I had to understand that if I really wanted feedback from someone who's you know had this experience for years or decades, then this is where I need to put myself and. People were shocked. Like she sent you an email back with resume yeah. corrections. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, so those are those are the tough ones. Um, but but it is necessary for us to put ourselves in in those kinds of uh, relationships or yeah. just asking. You know, yeah. and I think that's that's something which is which may be uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. because you just feel like you're just a sore thumb yeah. sticking out. Yeah, yes. So it's just. <laughs> they're like uh can i what if i get turned down yeah okay. that's worst if, case what scenario. if a person doesn't you know because i've, I've had people refuse to write a recommendation yep. I, for a letter from me and i'm happy they did right i really i'm happy that you said no because i want you to write a recommendation based on what you know about me. if you feel like you don't know enough yeah it's okay to say no
4: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to you write in a recommendation which it's sort of a lack of habit yeah because yeah. you're doing me a disservice if you're not going to give me something strong you might just tell me this i don't know you enough to write this for you
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that goes in hand in hand with the sponsorship right. stuff where as a sponsor um like we, we probably someone in the community calls like okay i know a pharmacist or you get a phone call okay i know Sydney works for farmer can you talk to her and then someone briefly talks to you and you're like, oh, okay, you can contact this person that works. I know somebody who works in some company yeah. and you say, okay, just contact them and see, you know? So sometimes we do that. Mm-hmm. We sponsor very informally.
2: Yeah, We can, we can give you
0: a lead to go somewhere where you're trying Pearl. to go mm-hmm. informally. Mm-hmm. And I just think sometimes it could be informal, just, just the way the community is. Like someone has a number. I know someone is doing something that you (laughs) want to do and help them out. And you just say, okay, I can help you out. This is, I can direct it to go this way or call this, connect two people together. Right. You're sort of doing that. But as a sponsor, I have actually, recommendation letters is something I'm very big on where I've I've been on, I've been on the hiring side and I really don't, I really would, if you feel like you're going to do like a recommendation, which is half baked, just don't do it because, Mm -hmm. and I really tell people, if you don't know what the person is going to say, don't take it because you can get to the last spot where this is basically a deal done. And the person has this last recommendation and it comes out maybe a six or five and 10. Right. And you lose the opportunity. Because the person couldn't say, I cannot give you this. Right. Or this is the only thing I can give you. Are you willing to take this? Right. Right. Because sometimes letters are sealed.
1: Right. Yeah. True. You know,
0: they're, they're mostly sealed. But I want you to tell me this is only how much I know. I haven't experienced you in this or that for me to give you an excellent or nine or ten. Right. But I want to know that so I can have a choice to mm-hmm. use that or not. But sometimes yeah. as a sponsor, you feel like because someone asked you to write it. You have to write it.
1: Yeah,
4: that's true. And no,
0: I I don't believe in that. I would actually show you what I'm going to write. You would choose if you're going to use it or not. Right. But I have to be honest, because my name is going on, and I'm trusting and sponsoring you in this. But I have to also be as objective as possible. But I don't want to do a disservice to you. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: If you feel like this is not a 10 and you wanted a 10, then you have an option not to take my recommendation letter.
4: Right.
0: But I couldn't just seal that without letting you know what is inside that package. Right. So that's how I feel about that situation.
1: Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. You know, I, I totally agree. And that just highlights another reason why it's very important to choose your sponsors wisely. So there has to be that mutual connection that you have to your sponsors, because if they don't, there has to be that mutual connection for them to even know you to a certain level that they can speak anything about you or speak good, hopefully (laughs) about you, you know, so choosing that sponsor and making sure that you're also maintaining that relationship with them. It could, like Sydney had said, it could also be your mentor, you know, it's, it's super important. And another thing that you had spoken about was, you know, sometimes even going up to someone like you, you went up to an admiral, like sometimes it takes audacity <laughs> to, you know, to, to form a kind of relationship that you want, you know? And like you said, if they say no, I mean, that's like worst case scenario. No, one's going to beat you. No, one's going to fire mm-hmm. you, you know, like you're trying to help yourself. And that's something that we in our community are very scared of facing. We are scared of yeah. the word no, you know, and it makes us not to even try. Sometimes I find myself honestly in that situation and I have to, you know, work through the worst case scenario and that would be a little bit consoling to me because you know even in pharmacy school and this also goes to highlight the importance of networking because even with the sponsorship thing it's all about networking like i have this person who can connect you to this person who can connect you to this person and i mean here in america i feel like it's a culture that we actually grew to get used to but i really it's 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 um I mean, maybe because I've been out of Africa for a while, and I mean, Sudoni you've probably been visiting a lot more times than I have. It's, it's probably something that you can speak to, but I don't think it's been as promoted in Africa com- compared to here, because even when I was in pharmacy school, you had a lot of Africans who were my classmates or just in the program as a whole, you would never see them at networking dinners or networking events and stuff like that. But that's where you meet like the movers and shakers, you know, but it's just not something that we grew up with. But through the years, actually, I mean, you guys know we live in Ethiopia, so I can speak more for Ethiopia because, you know, I... I've had a couple of reports out there, but I've been to a couple of networking events and they have really been mind blowing. I feel like networking is becoming to be a norm in, especially in the professional community out there, even though it's not, I mean, you have to know people to know people to know people to even be in the room, which I've been privileged to, to be, but I really, you know, think that they're doing a very, good job at trying to encourage that networking and i i really think that we should talk about that because um i mean in cameroon for example i know a few people are really trying to normalize networking per se but i feel like even meeting people you have to go somewhere to meet someone you know or at least you have to be open to meeting people and i feel like that's a culture that still has to be instilled to the max in our community so i don't know what you have to say about that sydney
3: Oh boy. You know what I have to say about that. (laughs) Oh man. There's, there's so many factors. There's so many factors and, and we could spend all day talking about it. There's, there's layers to the cultural norms that we experience, not only as immigrants, but as Cameroonians. Right. Right. When you think about some of the mental pressures that we have, that's a factor in just wanting you to go basically become a recluse and you just keep your head down. You don't want any trouble. You want to do what you came here to do. And then the, the word that keeps coming to my mind as you're, I hear you talking is entrepreneurial. Right. We don't have a culture that celebrates entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Growing up, your goal was you go to school, you go to university, you get a job.
2: Right. But yeah.
3: what's really interesting is we do network in Cameroon. A mm-hmm. lot of people that get jobs, we like, oh, man, no man. You got right. to do something. Right. In. So we do it. We just don't, I think a lot of people just don't think that those, that same methodology would work in the U S Right. because a lot of the man, no man in Cameroon is usually based on old relationships or existing relationships or even family. Right. Or family. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are like, why would someone give me a job after meeting me, you know, once or twice? Mm -hmm. So they don't believe that it could work in this society as an immigrant. How do I start building a relationship that could end -hmm. In a positive outcome for me, right? Right. But to your point, it's possible. I'm I'm a huge benefactor of networking. Mm -hmm. I have a very interesting story, which I'm sure I've shared with you. But I I live on LinkedIn. I think Debbie knows that. (laughs) And talk about putting yourself out there, Zara. You know, there was a, a CEO that just she's been a CEO now for about eight months, and I saw the alert because I followed the company, it's a pharmaceutical company that she is the CEO of. Mm-hmm. And I saw the, the posting and I went, oh my God, I was just, I actually got teary eyed because she's, she looks like me. She's literally what I had seen myself being mm-hmm. 20 years ago and then gave it up because I just got to believe those doubts about myself right coming in here and thinking oh it's not possible mm-hmm. so when I saw her I got so excited I sent her a message and that's one thing I've been blessed to get over is the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. where you don't want to speak up I've had to unlearn that because it's something that we learn right. culturally don't talk when elders are talking right when you're in mm-hmm. a room of people that are of higher tenure or a statue you don't talk right, right. and so there's an unlearning that has to happen I've been fortunate enough. I mean, I think I was always kind of like that because my dad used to tell me, stop talking. So I don't necessarily have that imposter syndrome as much as other people do mm-hmm. that I that are in my circle and that I've noticed. So I sent her an email, a message on LinkedIn. And I, I just poured my heart out. I didn't think about it. I didn't, and that's the one thing you mentioned about what's the worst that could happen. Right. So, and this is how I, how I coach people is expect no response. I think our expectations set us up for disappointment or just you know negative emotions right your expectation is that they're not going to say anything back when they don't your expectations are met so you're not disappointed right so it's, it's kind of a mind game that I play and I didn't expect her to write back I just wanted to put myself I was doing it for me not for her and she responded within five minutes hmm. it's, it's like she was literally on her phone and she was like so I just told her I said I'm so inspired I said You make someone like me believe that this is possible. I never, I've never seen a woman like me as a CEO of a major pharmaceutical organization. And then she wrote back, she goes, I'm so happy that you feel that way. I'm really happy about it as well. Um, It's a blessing. And I could tell that she's someone, she's a Christian just based on how she responded. Mm -hmm. And I am someone who believes in, you know, when you see an opportunity, you slide into it. Right. So she gave me that little gap. So I wrote her back. I said, do you have 15 minutes to chat? And she said, yes, sure. And she gave me an email and her cell phone number. And long story short, I connect with her once every three months now. And she's as amazing as I thought she was. Very humble. But that's an example of when you put yourself out there with no expectations, it may be one out of 50 people you, do, you perform an outreach with, you know, right. too. But all you need is one. Right, you can't handle fifty mentors or right. coaches or sponsors. Mm-hmm. You just need one. So, so back to sort of the main point. I think there's a, there's a huge imposter syndrome in our community, and there's so many layers to that culturally and, and just being in a, in a different environment than what we're used to. Not being as confident, we have the issue of the accents, our communication. Right. So there's so many issues we have to unpack. Mm -hmm. But what I believe is the number one factor is being just acknowledging that, Hey, listen, these are, this is my reality. You know, sometimes we live in denial. Like this is my reality. I've got to work to get to this place. What can I do? Google will tell you what to do. How do I improve my communication skills? Go to a Toastmasters class. It's not the end of the world, right? Like, it's, it's accept that this is our story and then do something about it. Right. Right. There's so many networking opportunities to your point. There's meet. you can find people that will go to places with you. If you're afraid to go by yourself, there's conferences, there's, there's so many organizations. It does cost money, Mm -hmm. a whole other subject, right. But it costs money to grow. And, and that's just the reality and people can either take it or leave it, but you're not going to grow for free, at least not valuable growth. Right. You've got to be willing to put in the time, the effort, and the investment to really have some significant growth in your life. So that was kind of loaded, but <laughs> you touched a hot button for me. Right. You already know, so yeah.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. That was very resourceful, Sarah. Do you have anything to add to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, she she's pretty much expressed what I thought, um, but it's just it goes to like culture. Yeah. You know, and I really believe that the only way you can be as effective and efficient as possible is if you understand a system mm-hmm. and you're not trying to row, row the other side, like against the water. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this is a culture that thrives and it's just human culture in general. We are human at the end of the day.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: there's a personal there's a personal thing going on. Yeah. So when people say there is networking at work. The person who usually gets that promotion is the one who is usually there networking. It's just the truth. Right. And, you know, we can be introverts in our core, but sometimes you need to be that extrovert and then you come rest at home.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's just the way the culture is. You know, we, you cannot just go to school and have a 4.0. Sometimes it's not enough. Right. You know, they would rather take that 3.0 student who does this than that. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like you said, the networking events, either we just saw, okay, we have to pay this bill, we have to go to work. But we're, meet, we're missing that opportunity yeah. to be in that room with people who, you know, can give us the next opportunity. And I usually hear that in Ivy League schools, mm-hmm. the tuition is usually not for whatever is presented in class.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's that network. Right. It's that network, the network of people that you meet throughout your course Mm -hmm. They go to different places and whenever you have to just plug in, you just, okay, introduce yourself and, oh, okay, you're one of us. Okay, you went to this. Oh, okay. Just like that. Just something as simple as that can take you and open doors. And I have witnessed it. Mm -hmm. I have witnessed just walking. I walked with this person for two weeks and they made something happen which I had spent four years trying to make. Yep. Mm. And I would tell you, like, there's, it just works. And if we're sitting here and we're trying to deny it, okay. But this is a system that is in play. Right. And as a human man, like Sudanese, saying, she's seen a CEO that looks like her. Sometimes people just, it's just a human factor where something about Sydney can remind the CEO of herself when she was young. Right. It could be just that
3: simple. That's true.
0: You know, and sometimes it's not—it's not so complicated. It's just if I look at someone, it's like, oh, I used to really want to be this when I, twenty right. years ago, and I just took a liking to you.
1: Right, right. That's that's very true.
0: You know, so you just had to be in that room, and you chose not to be, or you couldn't be, and it does you a disservice in some way. Right. So it is—it is something that I don't think we appreciate enough of how much like how much more impactful it would be if we took some time to just go to that networking event at work. We may not, you may have too many things to do. I have my kids to pick up and Mm -hmm. I'll provide this on a Saturday. Sometimes just do it. Right. Because that promotion may depend on you being Mm -hmm. in that space and talking about life and like, you know, I just want to talk about it. I want to know you as a person. And like I said, it's just a personal thing. Mm
4: -hmm. And because
0: we're all human yeah and yep. sometimes somebody might remind you of your younger self, and that's why you just give that opportunity to that person, yeah, it's sometimes that simple
1: that's that's very true, and adding to that as well, you know we grew up in this culture in Africa, especially where we looked at the hot jobs in higher rank, especially for example, like the higher government jobs as Very intimidating. And even the people in those positions, they intimidated other people, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like they use that power to suppress other people. So it's like you're already shut down, you know, at your position because you look at those positions as positions that you probably will never achieve in your life. And you feel so intimidated to even step up to those people and talk just because of how they place themselves on that pedestal that you feel like it's unreachable. So it's, it's also one of the things that we have to unlearn as Sidonie said to, you know, to be better and to create that uh, replace that fear with audacity. Basically now, I want to tie the ideology of, of um, networking to that of mentorship, especially in our communities. And as you guys said, a lot of mentor-mentee relationships are not like, you know, there's not like an official mentor-mentee ceremony, you know, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very just, it's natural. So, but I, one thing I realized in our communities, especially is that the ideology of the ideology of each one teach one it's not that common even though you know you have certain people that are willing to mentor other people I mean there's this saying that you know people always want you to be happy or to progress as long as you're not progressing more than them you know because at certain points in life your mentor can probably even flip to be your mentee You know, depending on where you are in life and depending on the relationship that you have, which, you know, I want to emphasize that that relationship will definitely entail a lot of humility which is something that we don't have as well you know because it's like sometimes your mentor when your mentor sees you progressing it's like they're like oh this little person like i can't you know they just can't come to the agreement that you are going higher than them and stuff like that so it has to also do with a lot of humility and we are normalizing the each one teach one you know because at, i i feel like in our community it's very common for people to just stop providing like mentorship services for example because when they start getting threatened like their position gets threatened even though it may not be directly threatened at work or there's just that jealousy or envy that comes into play and all these other bad attributes that just mess up the relationship and that's very common especially back home you know and i feel like that's why certain people only want to mentor or support their own people you know or their own family because they want to keep that success in the family we've seen that in the government in the country you know there are a lot of people who are very, very, I mean, they, they, they meet up to the standards. Like they, they, they have that expertise. They, they, they qualify for certain positions, but even though I know that you're my friend and you qualify for this, I'd rather put my sister or my brother, because I don't want you to progress. I don't want you to be more successful than I am. And I feel like that's, what's killing us and preventing us from actually progressing. So I want to know why this ideology of mentorship like with humility, I must add, it's not really popular in our community, and how that is actually impacting our progress. So, I would like for you to start, Zara.
0: It's it's a tough question, but I would I, I wouldn't know the exact. I've heard that. I've heard that being vocalized on how I would specifically say the Cameroonian community, because you right. Nigerians would say different. Right. You know, some I've heard. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, a syndrome where we think that there is limited resources, right? Right. That we can only be one CEO. So if I tell you, if I'm CEO now, if I tell you how to be CEO, then maybe that's my job you're coming for. right? Maybe it's the mentality of not enough. Like you only have, you need like two successful people and that's it. Right. So when you start mentoring and you're that one person, then you're like, oh, am I having some competition? Maybe it's that. Because if we think with a mind of abundance
4: mm-hmm.
0: that there are plenty of opportunities. There's enough space. And this has, there's enough space for everybody to grow. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, people say crap in the bucket. Basically, that's what it is. I can't, you can't go, you know, you have to pull it down because, you know, we have to reach out. If there's that mentality of, there's enough space for everybody to be the best in whatever they want to do. And just as a community, there is a benefit for everybody to do well. And if we realize that, then you, you cannot. It's tough to be the only successful person in the family.
2: Yeah,
4: it you is. Anything <laughs>
0: that you're a community, it's tough for you to be the only successful. When everybody's succeeding, you're more peaceful
2: mm-hmm.
0: and things are way better. You know, that's why people find in need of trying to make sure there are no wars in especially geographical areas because you cannot be at peace. Yeah. If everybody's not doing well, just generally, you know. So as a community, we are interlinked and intertwined in many things where if people were doing well, we would thrive as a community. That's we will do more as a community. So maybe that is an aspect that we need to just um, thoroughly look into. Mm -hmm. and know that there's enough space for everybody to grow right and just know that at every point in your life there are different things that are important yeah and this person may just be in a different chapter right you know you could have tried to be you know career-wise four years ago just grind Mm -hmm. in the next four years i just want to be With my family. Right. You know, and once we understand it's okay for the person to be in that part when you're trying to be your family, then this person grow, you know, so we can be at different points in our life where trying to stifle someone's growth or trying to not give someone an opportunity to shine because Mm. you're threatened.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, so we, it goes back to, we just need to get settled. If, If there's an answer to that, we just need to get settled within ourselves Mm-hmm. So all that that is going around us doesn't impact us negatively in our actions right our a community yeah if if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's very true. I totally agree with what you just said. And also, I mean, it's very common to see that, especially within our community, you know, you have, especially in Cameroon, which I feel like it's sometimes very primitive. You have people celebrating because maybe the president has appointed someone from their village. They don't care about the qualification. They don't care about, you know, anything, as long as it's their own person. And, and I feel like a lot of African countries are not progressing because they don't look at the big picture. One thing I noticed is that here working for the government is such an honor to work for the government of the United States of America. It's like a badge of honor, but back home, it's like a privilege, you know, it's like, Oh, I work for the government. Like you can't tell me nothing, you know? So it's like everyone who is, well, not everyone, but most of the, people that are there are out to take something. They're out to, it's like a selfish mentality that everyone just wants to focus on themselves. And they don't look at the big picture, like me doing this, how is it impacting all of us as a community? That's why I feel, that's just my own opinion. And I feel like that's why it's been so hard for us to progress compared to other countries that are more organized because everybody is just out to take a piece of the pie. And of course, a lot of people, they don't think that, the sky can contain a lot of stars. It's like, I only have to be the star. You see that in the in the entertainment industry. You even see that in a lot of companies, you know, and then you go to look into it. And when you look back, you discover that it was even your own people or so-called mentors that blocked your way of going up to progress, you know? So I feel like that's just the virus that's in our culture that we have to eradicate. I don't know what you have to say about that. Sidonie. I know you, you have a lot.
3: <laughs> well, funny enough, I don't know if I've been fortunate, but I don't have people like that in my circle. Right, right. I don't know if it's because I'm intentional about that, but I don't have a lot of examples of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't. I can't think of anybody that's ever blocked somebody. I've never had anybody block me that right. I know of, right. and not that I would care because I'd go in twenty different other directions. But you know, when I but I do know that it exists, right? Especially on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up, I think I saw more of that. But right now, in my circle you know, I don't, I just don't interact with people like that ever. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why I don't see it a lot. Mm -hmm. I, the people that I'm friends with or that are in my network, we're all about pouring into others. I mean, those are the conversations we have. How can we make ourselves better? Mm -hmm. If there's opportunities, let's share them. So I think I'm fortunate in that. But when I think about the bigger picture, I think there's more of an issue within the age gaps where mm-hmm. what I've seen happen, and and even me independently, I think older people have a harder time getting mentored by younger people. Yeah. When I look within our culture, right, it's really easy for young people to reach out to me and ask for advice, but I, I, I know and I can I can tell that the older folks they struggle with it. Even when we do talk or mm-hmm. we talk about whatever, it's tough because our culture teaches that age is a huge deal. You know, why would a parent ask a child for advice? Right. It's, it's very, unco- it's, it's, it's like a mind. Yeah. It's mind blowing to them. Yeah. So that's where I see the issue is more of that. Those generational gaps and, and folks not thinking that people of a younger age can bring value to them in the different areas. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I, I, I think we struggle with is self-esteem. Right. And that is, that ha- that's rooted in so many different places and we could talk about that you know for hours mm-hmm. but what i when i look at, when i think about what would cause people and and what causes people to not share or not be open with ideas or opportunities for growth that others may benefit from it always points back to self esteem yeah. right because if you were grounded and rooted in the fact that nobody else can do you like you do you, Hmm. it will not matter. Right. We could apply for the same job, but I'm going in there knowing I'm the best. Right. If I don't get it. Oh, well, but I was the best. You cannot convince me otherwise. So there's, I think there has to be that, that evolution into us becoming more confident about who we are, who we were made to be and knowing that nobody else, we could open 20 different restaurants Your restaurant will never be like mine. Right. Almost saying like God made all of us the same. We're not the same. We're equal. We're equal. We're so unique in our qualities and and, our endowments that there's just no way anybody can replicate you. Yeah. Right. So you do your lane. You stay in your lane. You do you and let them do them. Right. There's opportunities for everybody. And usually things happen the way they do because they were meant to happen the way they do. So I'm actually about each one teach three. I think we need to <laughs> right? pick up the lost time and lost people. Right. And I, I've been fortunate enough to where the people that I'm around, they, they're advocates of that, you know. And, and I think maybe that's something we need to be more intentional about is shutting out those negative people. Mm-hmm. Don't give them space.
2: Right. If they don't get
3: space or an audience, they're going to stop. Right. So we, we have to cultivate that, that mindset where we don't allow those blockers in any circle. Right. And once they see that there's not room for them, they're, they're not going to have a choice. And I think there's something happening in Cameroon that's changing, hmm. especially in the private sector. I think the public sector is, a, a, you know, a joke, yeah. for lack of a better word. <laughs> but within the private sector, you, you're seeing that. You're seeing people become more open, becoming more progressive, more entrepreneurial, hmm. really, you know, advocating for community-based success versus right. individualistic success. Mm -hmm. So I think it's only a matter of time before those people become the minority. Right. Right. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. makes
1: sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I totally concur to what both of you have said. And, you know, while you you both were talking, I was just like looking at your circles and I can really attest to the fact that the people that I know that you guys keep around you are definitely like porous, like they, they, they pour a lot of value into your life. And I'm very sure that, you know, you do the same for them, you know, and that's Basically, I I feel like that's basically where each and every one of us should be at this stage, at least in our lives, especially at a time where we don't have time to waste. (laughs) You know, like it's like everybody that has to be in our lives at this point should either be should add value and we should actually have a purpose as well in their lives. So I totally um, agree with that. Now talking about, you know, just the whole ideology again of the mentorship, because I really want us to highlight everything that surrounds good mentorship. And, you know, I feel like there are some people who really want to be a mentor or a mentee, but sometimes I mean they end up being that, but it doesn't last because you know, you know, people don't understand expectations. People don't understand where to draw the line. Like I mean, you both are my mentors. You both are, you know, you have farm you're a pharmacist first and foremost. You're a pharmacist before anything, you have your farm D. I too I'm a pharmacist first and foremost, but I don't expect you to give me a job, right? You're not like, (laughs) you're not my recruiter. I don't like, you know, so we always have to set certain expectations and also have certain expectations from and to each other. So I really want us to discuss these expectations from a mentor perspective and a mentee perspective. I I wrote down a few points actually. And the first thing that, you know, I wanted us to talk about just briefly was, you know, from the mentee perspective perspective so we're now talking to the mentees right so mentors don't owe mentees anything that's just how I look at it I don't know what you have to say about
3: that Sydney. I 100% agree the relationship should be owned and driven by the mentee right you know that's that's how the mentor mentee relationship should be structured because the mentor is primarily the the mentee the benefactor yeah. right in the relationship or should be mm-hmm. so it should be 100% mentee driven You touch on a really good point, which is being um, structured. So there's three things that I think every mentor-mentee relationship should have. And the mentee is responsible for structuring this. Mm -hmm. One, it's got to be intentional. The mentee has got to know what they want out of it. And I'm talking, write it down. When you meet with your mentor the first time, you should have three objectives. What do you want to get out of this relationship? It's got to be structured, Mm -hmm. right? You have to ask the the mentor for what you want.
2: Mm -hmm. How many Mm
3: -hmm. hours of their time do you need? Do you need it virtually? Do you need it live? Do you need them to accompany you somewhere? Some meeting, some conference, be very clear on what the expectations are from the mentor. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, you've got to be able to evaluate the relationship, right? So have time points where you're going to say, Hey, listen, after the first three months, I'd like for us to have a formal conversation about how I'm doing my progress. What are some opportunities and then I can give you feedback as well. Do I need to shift gears? Because mm-hmm. sometimes objectives change, right? right. Like you want to out of the relationship the first day may change, you know, two months in. Mm-hmm. So having a way to measure success of that relationship is critical.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
3: tied into that is it should have an expiration point. Right. If it needs to, if it doesn't, fine. But it ties back into just the expectations. The mentor has to know what you're expecting of them, time mm-hmm. commitment, and you've got to schedule those meetings. Right. It's not the mentor's job. And there's times when I've forgotten meetings that I had with my mentee. And, <laughs> and you know, it's and, and well, I'm going into the mentor side now, but it's, it's critical to pick the right person is, right. is where, where I was getting at is you've got to, You've got to be very, very judicious with mm-hmm. who you select. As a mentor.
2: Right. Um,
3: You can't just like someone and then make them your mentor. No, they've got to be able to dedicate the time. Right. So that would be my my, you know, my words of, you know, wisdom or counsel to a mentee.
1: Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was very helpful. And you also, I, I feel like you just answered two two questions or you addressed two points. Cause one of the other points I had was in, you know, mentees must put in all the work, which I, I think you already expatiated on that. Um, now Zara, what do you have to add on the statement? Basically mentors don't owe mentees anything and they have to mentees actually have to put in the work.
0: I agree. I mean, in that kind of relationship, you don't. Know, if, if I were to seek out Robert Kiyosaki about some information about real estate and me hoping that he would reach out to me, for what? Right. I'm the one trying to find out information, so I have to do the hustle, right? For lack of a better word, I have to follow up and I have to, okay, create, okay, are you available this day? What, what works for you? You know, because you are, you are benefiting um, from that. And I'm just going to touch on the other side because I have people contacting me and I, as a, if you want to say mentor, I think I have an obligation to tell you what I can do and not do. Mm -hmm. I, you know, sometimes I'm not a big fish. Right. (laughs) And you contacting me, you work in this company. How is it over there? Can you get me a job? And I'm like, no, I, I really don't have that much pool right and i feel like mentees reach out with that expectation Mm -hmm. and the fact that someone is working in a certain company or certain department doesn't give them the pull that you think that they have right and i would be honest because sometimes like oh no okay send me your resume you know you're not gonna do anything with that right (laughs) you know that you're not giving that to anybody or you know and it depends on your relationship with the boss. If right. truly you think you can, you know, submit that resume to somebody by all means, you know. But I think it's clear for you to express what you can and cannot do truthfully. And I don't think sometimes the mentees have this expectations, mm-hmm. and I think the mentors don't express what they can do, which right. is important. You know, I don't have that much pull. If you were there, I can I can pull here. But here, I cannot pull. Right. I have a relationship i fostered over here. Now, are you willing to go over here? If you're not willing to go over here, okay, this is my situation here. I just, I'm just, i just not in that position to pull. I don't know why people think it's embarrassing. Yeah. I, I don't know. You just, because, yeah, someone's seeking you out because you work somewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing well. But sometimes you just don't have the pull. Right. And I'm going to elaborate on this and this is something that is passion i'm very passionate about sometimes we get into a position or a company and we do not put ourselves in a position to make a difference or have a pool mm. you know it's 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 comfortable i'm doing okay but sometimes it may not be only about you now someone's coming to you and you, you don't have that pool sometimes you need to get into a room for reasons beyond yourself mm. Because if you cannot make a decision or influence a decision, then how can you help someone else? Right. Even though you would have been very comfortable with just being, you know, a lower associate for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. you're just doing your work. You just put your head down to your work, Mm -hmm. but you cannot really influence a lot of things. Right. And if you're really talking about impact, then you have to go beyond that. You know, you have to do Put in some work. Mm-hmm. You cannot. You cannot get that that kind of uh, power if you if, you know or, or influence if you don't put in work. Be that you know you're going to networking events. You're talking to your boss more. You take taking extra projects at work. You're going back to your school and giving presentations mm-hmm. where the day you write a recommendation it matters. You just don't leave the school for twenty years and you think you're right, Who cares?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. So you put yourself in a position. You try to, you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's possible, sometimes not, but it's just a conversation where we get so sometimes comfortable and just getting by that we are doing okay. But if, if you're, if you're looking at the impact you play and the next person or the, or just part of the community or whoever you can pull up, you'll, you'll be much better position to, to be in a position that influences a decision. Right. As opposed to just getting by. Right. Yeah. So just I just believe that sometimes we need to we need to work on that. That's that's basically that, because we don't we don't put ourselves in that position. And other communities do, and they thrive by doing that. That's true. And then we sit around and say, why is it why is it hey, what did we do? Yeah. We can't just sit around and complain all the time. What is the solution? You know? Right. You put yourself in When there's a hiring opportunity and you give that resume to your boss, they take it with, this is coming from you. It makes a difference who you are in your workplace. You know, you're not the one coming late and you want to give a recommendation to who. Who are you based on what? The person is going to take it and trash it. Even though you even know, you don't don't even even approach your boss with that Mm -hmm. information because you know who you are in your workplace. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm saying you may not even be the one coming late, but it's just the fact that you're just satisfied to just do your job and go home and no extra thing. And, you know, you, you're working there, but if they don't think like you're valuable, your input would not matter as no much.
2: Matter. Yeah.
3: You know,
0: so that is something which, and I'm not saying that every job at every time, you're supposed to, you, you're gonna, you have to pay, sometimes some things will take time,
4: mm-hmm.
0: but it's just that we have to be aware of it. And as a mentor, you need to also be transparent. There's no, hey, if you're a lower associate at one point in time, hey, this, I don't have pool here. Right. This is a big link. Right. I am just not going to have as much pool. I can tell you how things work, but to influence a decision, that's, that's beyond me. I think that we, we need to be honest with that because I think we just take people's resumes and not do anything with it. Right. And then the expectations is that you're going to get me a job. And you don't give me a job, and I'm a little disappointed, you know. And I keep following up with that. And honestly, sometimes you just don't have the pull, and I just feel like it's a conversation that has been had on the part of the mentor, and so it, it redirects their expectation of the mentee. Right. If that, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's very true. I totally agree what you said, you know, and I also wanted to add from the other end, like, you know, especially when it has to do with bringing value and making those pools that work and stuff like that and doing extra stuff, you know, you have to make sure that you're also in the right job that encourages things like that as well. Because I remember I had a job and it was really, really unfortunate because that was like my very first job after pharmacy school. And You know, I was really trying my very best to, you know, just do so much. And, you know, hey, you're out of school. You just want to to do the most, right? (laughs) And I remember my boss, he was like, oh, I'm overly ambitious. I need to tone it down a little bit. And, you know, that really broke me, you know, because I was like, I mean this is when I have to do my best yeah. and show up and show out and do whatever, like working over time, trying to really study, trying to ask questions. I was always asking questions, always trying to be at the forefront of things, you know, and that was pretty discouraging. And also to highlight the fact on that, you know, especially back home, I, I feel like the culture, maybe is because maybe there are no, additional opportunities for people to really outdo themselves. But the culture is just like you clock in, clock out, come back home, clock in, clock out, come back home, you know? And because you highlighted the importance of doing more than just that, you know, I feel like that could also be one of the reasons why a lot of people are not, you know, as impactful or valuable, especially professional, professionally, because they are probably not as many opportunities, maybe for that, especially at the job that would give them, you know, that space to really outdo or grow and stuff like that, which it's a very hard problem to solve, I would say, but these are things that, I mean, starting from somewhere by realizing that these are issues would eventually help us to find solutions to those problems.
0: Now... Just to add a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I I cannot really speak a lot about Cameroon. Mm -hmm. You know, and I would just say disclaimer, all this I'm saying has to do with how the U.S. works.
4: Right. Because that's
0: my experience. I've never worked in Cameroon. I left when I was 18. I don't don't have any experience to talk on that. Right. But I'm just saying here we have a culture where, you know, there could be some cups here and there but generally if you mm-hmm. put in the work yeah definitely. sometimes you know it's not all the time but sometimes if you put yourself in that position you can then help others you know right. I, I don't speak from a cameroon uh, community like instances in cameroon so right. just to make that clear i'm yeah. just talking from my experiences here right. on what we could do here as a right. community in the diaspora Um, to make things better right and that's also
1: something that the people back home in cameroon for example could learn you know could learn about because sometimes i mean they probably it's not part of the culture just because it's not encouraged but when they hear that this is actually what is happening in this community and making the community progress more it could inspire them to want to also implement that in that culture you know so either way it's it's very much of value you know, what you said. Now, another point I wanted to make is that, you know, there's, there should be an importance of defining the mentee mentor relationship, right? And especially when it has to do with expectations in terms of, you know, I mean, that's your mentor or that's your mentee. It's not your mother or your father, you know? I mean, I could speak firsthand because, well, before that, you know, there's this tendency of, you know, maybe a mentee being very Depending on their mindset, actually. That's why it's very important to choose the right people because there's this tendency of a mentee being disappointed that a mentor did not help them or the mentee thinking that the mentor is trying to block their way, you know, or, you know, just weird stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then maybe on the mentor side the mentor would probably feel like, oh, this mentee doesn't listen, you know, and things like that. So like I said, it all all depends on, oh, like we all said, it depends on who you have to make sure you're choosing the right person who is as open-minded and sees life the same way as you. And, you know, sometimes relationships end like that because like, oh, I wanted this from this person and they're trying to kill my shine or they're trying to block my way and stuff like that. I could personally speak firsthand to this because well, I can speak against this firsthand because, I mean, my mother, of course, is like my all time mentor, right? I mean, when I look at her life story and how she has progressed right now, I mean, professionally and personally, she is like my all time mentor. And where she is, she's like the first African woman to ever attain or black woman to attain her position professionally. But I don't mean I'm gonna work for the UN. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, there, there've been a lot of opportunities where she has tried to pull some strings, but of course they haven't worked. Actually. I always tell my friends, I'm like, cause when they hear that, they're like, Oh, then what are you doing here? Like you should be, you know, I'm like, you know what? They probably, they probably will hire you before hiring me because they are extremely strict when it comes to nepotism and stuff like that, you know? So, but I'm not going to disown my mom because I'm not, in a high position you know so looking at it in that way the mentees have to understand that their expectations because I have to understand expectations I can't expect my mother who is actually my mother to create mm-hmm. magic and then what more of a mentor who's not even your mother <laughs> you know what I mean so that's something that I want people to really understand and I don't know what um, you guys have to say about that uh,
3: Sidonie you can start yeah I think One, there has to be self-awareness, right? Not everybody is supposed to be a mentee. Not everybody is supposed to be a mentor. Um, I think folks have to be very self-aware. Some people don't do well with a mentor, Mm -hmm. maybe because they're very strong in their opinions and and they have a rigid mentality of how things should be. Mm -hmm. If you're not open to changing your mindset or being open to feedback and, and just diversion from what your expectations may have been, you're probably not going to make a good mentee
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, mentors the same way. You've got to be very self-aware and understand the amount of hours that you can dedicate to any one person.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Don't walk, don't be afraid to walk away from the relationship or take that first call and say, I don't think this will be a good fit. I struggle with that. Or right. I've gotten better, but I'm really quick about just cutting the cord as early as I need to so that I don't waste the mentee's time. I don't waste my time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So for me, those are certainly some, some things right off the bat that have to be established. And then the other thing, which I think is very interesting in our community, I've certainly been, I've had to deal with this many times is let's not confuse mentorship with sponsorship, right? right? Don't take for granted that we're from the same country. So because you're giving me a resume, I will immediately give it to the hiring manager or right. I will hire. you will be sorely disappointed. You've got to earn your seat at the table. It's just, it's simple. It's factual. The easiest way to get a sponsor is to get a mentor. Yeah, Your mentor after four or five sessions would have built a relationship with you. They would have gotten to vet you and they will go to bat for you. That is what a sponsor does. They will go to bat for you. They will go to the hiring manager and say, you need to interview this person. And to Zara's point, You don't deserve the audacity to ask for that if you're not excelling or bringing value at your job or your workplace or whatever it is. It could be an organization. It doesn't have to be a job, but you've got to be very, we've got to be clear that in order to expect favors of people, you've got to build the relationship and don't expect one phone call to, you know, result in a job interview. It hardly ever happens. You know, take them out for coffee. If you need to call them routinely, And so the mentorship program or the mentorship, you know, by design sets things in place to eventually evolve into a sponsorship engagement Mm -hmm. where your mentor now becomes so vested in you that if you don't succeed, they feel like, oh, my God, my world's going to end. That to me should be every mentee's goal is to get your mentor to be so impressed by you and to love fall in love with you so much that they take your resume and they walk around the down country with it and say, you need to hire this person. Right. So so the, the, those are my thoughts. You know, I, I think, one, we've got to be very self-aware. Not everyone's met for a mentor-mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, got to invest in a relationship. It's like a marriage or a friendship or right. family. the mutual relationship. Right, so. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much. Um, Zara, what do you have to add to say about that statement?
0: I don't think I have a too much to add to that. I would just concur to what Sydney said. It's just, like I said, it's a relationship that you have to, to work on. And I think the expectations, I think I'm alluding to that, that expectations have to be set so that we know on both sides what is expected of you. Um, and, and like you say, sometimes the mentors, and I have to be okay as a mentor to think that, I would give you advice and you may not take it Mm -hmm. because we don't have a monopoly of Mm -hmm. making the right decisions.
4: Mm -hmm. Everybody
0: has a path. Like I have my feelings about, pharmacy career right now someone yeah. tells me I want to go to pharmacy school. <laughs> yes. I have something to say. Right. <laughs> but you don't have to listen. You don't have to take it. Mm-hmm. I can just express what I feel, but I, I cannot take it to heart saying, oh, okay, because you didn't listen to me.
1: Yeah. You know, so
0: it has to be, it has to be that, it has to be some open-mindedness to understand that, you know, I can only advise. and I may be wrong. I really, truly may be wrong. and Because, you know, I'm you know, based on my experience, based on what I see. But hey, life is a mystery, right? Right. Um, so if I if I can have that in the back of my head, saying, "Okay, I did the best, and I I I counted you the best I could with the information I had at the time." Mm-hmm. But you still have a choice to choose however way you go, and yeah. I'm here to still support you in however way I can. Right. That is important. But it, it goes again to Sidonis' point about a relationship mm-hmm. where regardless, I'm supporting you. Right. You may not go through the, the field exactly what I thought you would succeed in, but hey, okay, you want to try this? That's fine. Right, you know We can bounce out of each other and, and see. Because
3: right. it could and just be the amazing thing that happens. It's so funny because I am guilty of doing that just last month. <laughs> I, I, I have a mentee and we met for the first time about two months ago. It's um, this, it's called pharmacy initiative leaders pills. It's mm-hmm. an amazing program. They do yeah, work, work. and she, she, I got placed in the farm, in the non-pharma track for mentors. And I went, why would they put me there? Maybe I made a mistake when I submitted my resume, mm-hmm. I was expecting to be in the pharma track and I got put in the non-pharma track and I got matched with this amazing, I mean, she's amazing, a mentee. And she wanted to do residency and become a clinical pharmacist. And so our first meeting, I spent trying to convince her to go the pharma route. And then after we got off the call, I went, what in the world? (laughs) And so I said, I I had to go back and say, hey, you know, I think I may have gotten, because when you're passionate about a a certain thing, end up trying to to do that same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I had to basically, you know, take a step back and say, no, this is about her. It's not about me. Right. Right. And, and so we're back on track, long story short, but that's a, a really good example of how, as a mentor, sometimes you find yourself derailing your mentee off the right. path that they want it just because you're, that's your thing. And you feel like everybody else should be it, Right. but everyone walks their own path and our jobs as mentors is to help them along that path. Right. It may not be the exact same, but we have, we bring value in different areas that can help them achieve that goal, even though it's not the same thing that, you know we're in right so it's interesting that you were saying that I just thought I'm <laughs> guilty. I did that recently
0: but also I'll add this but sometimes you have experience in this field right and sometimes people ask you and you usually you based on what I know this is what you should do mm-hmm. and they come back and like but why didn't you do that I'm like well I messed up right hmm You know, but they don't want, it's, it's, it's like, they don't believe. I don't know if it's like, you're so good. Why didn't you do it this way? Well, do you think I can go back to buy my past? Right. I would have learned. And that's what the whole relationship is all about. The fact that I'm telling you to do something different the way, from the way I did it, is because maybe I'm looking back Monday morning, quarterback, back, and I'm saying it would have been easier. Yeah. Yep. You don't want to reinvent the wheel. It would have been easier if I did this, this, this. So you try this other way. Mm Because that is an easier way, I think, I could have gotten to where I need to get. But sometimes people think, oh, maybe that's not the best advice. Because it's not... You don't want them them to shine as much as you are. Because Mm -hmm. you're not telling them to follow the exact same path you did. And if you struggled 20 years and I would have cut that by 10, please sign me up, wherever You know, so it's that... That relationship, do you trust me enough to tell, to 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 understand that I'm giving you the best advice,
1: right? You know, I mean, I'm so glad you guys brought up those topics because that goes to also speak to the mentors, you know, on the idea of leading with humility and gentleness, right, and open-mindedness most importantly, because like Sidoni said, and even you, Zara, like sometimes, you know, you, I mean, in terms of like passion first in terms of what Sidonie said, it's like you get so passionate and then you try to get everyone to do what you're doing, you know, but then again, coming to what Zara said, it's like, you have to also be open-minded that people will not receive it because everybody's path is different, you know? And I really feel like those two points are very important in our African community because you went, especially for some of us who came here to America at a very young and tender age, very naive. We didn't know our right from left. And then you try to ask questions to the OGs who have been here and they just like, Oh yeah, go do this, go, go do nursing or go do pharmacy. Like what? And then they say it in a very harsh way. Like (laughs) you don't even, you you can't even like say, okay, what you can ask questions you can. And then if you don't do what they tell you to do, they think you're stubborn and you don't listen and things like that, you know? So it just complicates the whole relationship and it complicates even like what it makes you confused on what you want to do. You question yourself, you know, and things like that. So it's very important to, as a mentor, to really be, because a mentorship is also Leadership, you know, to lead with gentleness, open mindedness, and also a lot of humility, which is something that a lot of us, especially the elderly ones in the African community, don't have. You know, I mean, I feel like we've also spoken a lot to the mentors. And the only point that I have to, I would like for us to highlight in terms of from the mentor's perspective, is that it should actually be a calling and not. An obligation, like just because you're the oldest or the most successful in your family, it doesn't mean that you're a good mentor, you know. And also vice versa. Like you have to make sure that you have that passion, because from that passion to lead will come integrity, and you know you're you're not gonna fail people when you say something that hey, I'm gonna help you or I'm gonna make time for you. Make sure that you make that time for the person, you know. So I just want to know what you guys have to say about that, you know, that mentorship being a calling and something that flows natural and not
3: like. obligation sure so i I actually don't see mentorship as leading i see that serving okay right yeah Um, and i think that that is what you're alluding to right because it takes humility to serve right and being in the place of uh, vulnerability Mm -hmm. where you're going into the relationship actually thinking you're going to benefit more than they are yeah right where you make it about them not about you right and i think that's a mistake a lot of mentors make is we spent time telling the mentee about our successes and what we've done and not necessarily celebrating them and basically giving them space to your point to grow. Right. Right. So for me, I think, again, self-introspection, people who are meant to be mentors tend to know because you can look at their lives before they ever became a formal mentor. You can look at, their acts of service and things that they've done over time and other people have told them, sometimes it's so overt. Other people will tell you, you should be mentoring, you know, you'll see them maybe being the ones, you know, doing volunteer work or offering up their time for free. To me, those are some very key points or key attributes of Mm -hmm. someone who probably should serve as a mentor. Mm -hmm. And then obviously coupled with having some level of expertise or skill set in a particular area. Right. I'm a really good career mentor. I would suck as a marriage mentor. So right. don't come to me with that. <laughs> right. So, like being very clear on not just because you are someone who can serve others or does it doesn't, there's other attributes. Like you've got to come with a skill set that can actually Im- impact other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I think also being someone who's, you know, being humble should not be confused with being a pushover. Right. Right. And I think sometimes I've gotten people confused because I tend to be, and I'm sure Debbie can allude to this. Yeah. I tend to be very firm. Yeah. And you mentioned I'm really sweet. So I think it confuses people a lot because I'm very firm and and very conscientious of my time. Mm -hmm. The one thing I tell everyone I interact with as from the coaching or mentorship perspective is do not waste my time. Right. Because, you know, a lot of mentors and coaches and sponsors tend to be where they are because they're organized, they're ambitious, they probably have a lot going on. They're busy, Mm -hmm. right? If if there's a method to their madness, if you would, they, they're, they're where they are and they're in these positions to serve because they've had to be disciplined in some area of their life. So, you know, do not mistake humility and, and being sweet and kind for being a pushover where you can just reschedule meetings with them in the last minute or take advantage of their generosity.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so my, my feedback to mentors is you can serve, but at the same time you can be very, very stern and, and, you know, hold people accountable. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Thank you very much. about you Zara? What do you have to add?
3: Actually, I never thought about it as service.
0: That's actually a very, and when you were speaking, yeah. I was just thinking about it. And I'm like, that's yeah. true. It's, to me, I don't believe it's a calling. I think it's a duty. Right. I really do because I don't, like, like service. I don't think there's anything that really gives a lot of gratification as Mm -hmm. much as service does. Right. You know, it's, it's something that we can learn how to do.
4: Mm
0: I mean, take tries and, you know, nobody, nobody just grows up to be, I, I feel the same way about leadership. Nobody just gets up and be a great leader and i don't buy that leaders are born mm-hmm. some people really have some good characteristics but if you work on it you can be a great leader and when it comes to mentorship i just think if we look at it as service you know i think i think that's a great word and i i, I believe it's not a call and i feel like it's a duty
4: right that
0: you are at this point and you can refer. And you can stand and make some smooth. Maybe somebody's not gonna listen. Maybe someone is you just have to not give them your time, but other people are gonna benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So if we if we take like you're saying, teach one, Each one teach, one, teach one. three.
4: Or teach three, teach yeah.
0: three, <laughs> Upgrade it right? yeah, so <laughs> to three. Right. So if that happens and you just have somebody send you a thank you note. Right. Of what you did and your time, that usually pays it it pays every every single minute you spend. Right. Oh, invested in this person. Because you don't know how far just getting that person in that position has done in your personal life, in your families, in your generation. So to me that is it's really deep on why we should do this. Right. Because it's a duty, and it, it impacts more than you know. And just that one person. Sometimes you just go preaching the gospel doesn't mean the whole church will say amen. Right, right. You just need one person. And when that person comes back to say thank you, ooh, that 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 I mean, it's like I said, the most impactful thing I've done is working at a reservation because mm. I can see when someone comes back. Yeah, and it's just like wow. Maybe you really didn't have to do all this, but you right. did. Right. So that service right there, it's, I don't think we understand how much, how much how gratifying it'd be. I don't think there is... Just like anything, when you're in service, there's something... There's a visceral reaction your body has. There's some dopamine released, and it's just yeah. something about yeah. it. Yeah. That we don't understand how much it does. And right. like I said, if you can just do one person you don't know how it trickles down to a generation just right. that just that one act of service right. putting your time into somebody right that's what i would say about the
1: Right. Yeah. Thank you guys for the different outlooks on mentorship, honestly, because I I don't think there's even a right or wrong answer. It depends on the perspective on how you approach it. But I feel like different people can relate to the different perspectives that we have all brought about mentorship, whether it be from a leadership standpoint or from a service standpoint or from even a duty standpoint, you know, depending on what people are passionate about, there are some born, there's some people who are just passionate about, you know, serving there are some people who are passionate about leading and leadership with service obviously or leadership in service and there are some people who really are passionate about why they're called to be here in terms of the duty that they have to apply you know on their life so it's based on how you look at it and connect with it that will actually encourage or inspire you to be a better mentor at that so I just wanted us to talk about our last action steps. I know we've worked so much into this topic and I hope, you know, everyone really gets to learn a lot as much as I'm learning from you guys still. But, you know, for someone who actually is in need of some kind of guidance, think of that person who is somewhat lost and needs help, let's say back home or even here, you know, what will you, what is the, if you had to advise them on two things, like what will you advise them to do with respect to choosing a mentor?
3: So I would say the two things I'll keep it short. Two things is, be clear on what it is you want to grow in. Right. And it's simple. It could be either your personal life or professional life. Like to me, those are two major, it could be your religious life, right. Mm -hmm. Which should be part of your personal life. So to me, there's two areas. Do you want to grow professionally or do you want to grow uh, personally? Mm -hmm. And then look on online. Right. I, I love LinkedIn for professional growth. Uh, Look at where you want to go as, as a professional. For example, someone in Cameroon, you know, you may want to end up as CEO of MTN one day or human resource manager, and we're speaking professionally, right? Mm-hmm. Go on LinkedIn. And again, LinkedIn, I'm very biased. Just search whoever is in those positions currently in Cameroon or in another corporation that has similar profile and reach out to them, send them a message. And, you know, just do 10 a day or 10 a week, set a set a goal, right? Have a strategy. And then just rinse and repeat until you get something. And then at the same time, use your network, your existing network. Some people will say they have none. That's okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Walk into a corporation and ask, can I talk to this person? Or can I leave my, a note? Right? Come up, have a cover letter, have a pitch of yourself that is impactful. I mean, I'm telling you, there is some amazing talent in Cameroon. And I, I yeah. used to think there was. There is. And, and I'm just mind blown at some of the cover letters I've seen in the recent... Times, but that's my first recommendation is that you know, be very self aware and pick something that you want to do. You've got to be clear on what you want to do, Mm -hmm. and then put yourself out there. Is the second recommendation I would give don't be afraid to go talk to people, don't be afraid to seek out help, right? You know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of self help books, there's a lot of motivational books, there's a lot of podcasts like this one. Pour into those pour those things into yourself, immerse yourself into that mindset right. that allows you to step out of your comfort zone. And it'll get easier after you send those first five messages. The next five will be easier. And before you know it, you'll be doing it in your sleep. Right. And you know, just stick with it and, and you'll get someone who's going going to want to pour into you and just be willing to do the work, you know, because it's not gonna be an easy path, but it's what it's gonna be worth it. Right.
1: Well, thank you so much for that. What about you, Zara? What do you have to say?
3: Yeah, I
0: think I think it's it's first of all, the first thing I would say is finding somebody or in in the field or where you want to be. Where do you see yourself? Because I think it's. Experiences everything. The person can give you a path that follow, and it, it's easier. You don't go reinventing the wheel. Or is it a company you want to work for? Mm-hmm. Find someone who works for that company. There may be some inside inside tricks mm-hmm. to making this hiring, you know, mm-hmm. easier. If you would, and certain things where okay, the keywords of this, put your resume that. You know, those are things where if you have somebody who works in a company that um, you aspire to work in, or in a position that you aspire. to to be in or even just doing whatever you think it could be financial if someone is doing well you know how are you doing this yeah you know how are you doing this i mean that's a touch a hot topic because you have to be disclosed and stuff and we we are not comfortable telling how much money we make or spend Uh, but it's it's in the same life someone is doing something that you think is is good and you know and you aspire to be that it's just first of all going up and asking them how to people love to talk about themselves
4: right
0: just listen to that and i don't don't know if someone is just not gonna pay you any mind but it could be you could have to send 10 emails and you just have to understand that you may the person may also just have some personal stuff going on you know don't take it personal it's 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 hard for us to always say oh i sent you an email you ignored it you have no idea what's going on it could just be bad timing and it's okay Right. Um, but you, you just reach out to people and you, it's, it's the, the honest is on you to put in the work right. because you're seeking something right? and you should, you should know that that's just the work required to put in. So reach out to the person and tell them what you want to do and, you know, get the relationship going and open as possible. And then we try always, you know, loop in and get, give them some feedback let's say you guys discuss something in three months. Okay. This is what has happened. So the person feels connected to your journey.
4: Yeah.
0: And when you feel connected to your journey, then it goes back to what Sidney was saying. I really want you to succeed because I I feel connected to this journey, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. I paid down. Let's talk about finance. I paid down this. Oh, you know, in three months I've done this. Since we spoke, I've reduced the debt by 5,000. Okay, great. My credit score is increased by this. Okay, great. Those are things. Those are conversations where you come back and, sort of say what has happened since you last spoke so they right. don't feel like they're wasting their time
4: right because if i feel connected
0: to your journey then i really want you to succeed and i right. really want the best for you and it inspires me to keep putting in my time and effort in doing this right. as opposed to we have a conversation and we are lost and we just go away without any updates right. you know yes i helped you but i don't feel connected And next time you come in ah, if i really have something else okay let's reschedule you know yeah to, <laughs> no, it, it's just the truth it, yeah. it, it's we're all human beings and we do that if i don't really feel connected i would if i have to take my child to suck again okay let's reschedule for another day because I, as opposed to i know that this is oh, okay no i'll move this around
2: That's you know
0: true. i will move this around so that we could talk and then so i don't disrupt this flow of greatness.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the truth. So that's, that's all I can allude to. I think, um, yeah, it's just putting the work and creating those relationships and hustling through it and finding someone who is in a position where you want to be or doing something that you want to do mm-hmm. and just pretty much following up with them.
1: Right. Well, thank you both so much for all the, the knowledge that you guys have, you know, added to, and the value most especially that you have added to this episode. I have learned so much. You know, I learn every day. I learn from you guys all the time. I feel like this is just another conversation that we're having and we're just talking about this topic. And I hope that the listeners as well will get to learn or have learned a lot from you guys. And I hope that the conversation does not end here. I hope that we can all be inspired within our own smaller circles to want to be each other's mentors or mentees and just help each other. And I mean, like we said, you know, each one teach three, you know, <laughs> so hopefully we can all, you know, bring each other up together on our journey to the top and, you know, find a lot of progress from that. So again, I want to really thank you guys for coming on. I'm going to put in, your contact information in the show notes on how people can reach you and hopefully you know we can only move forward from here and you know i just want to thank you guys again and i'll see you in the next episode bye
3: Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.